Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. We are here uh, hoping to save craft in America. Uh, we are hoping to do that through a little bit of questions that we pose, and then we're going to answer them from the perspective of an apprentice, journeyman, and master builder out there. So um, hop in today with the question. I'm going to have Brent read the question because it, it's a little nuanced and a little, uh, a little complicated, but we hope to break it down and kind of get in the intricacies of becoming a builder. Well, it's really, the question is, how do you make money as a craftsman? Okay. And, and specifically, how do you make money uh, as a craftsman desiring to do high craft uh, in a culture which doesn't appreciate craft? And so, you know, I'll get on comments on my videos that kind of no one's doing what we do, right? You know, how can you even do that? Or they'd love to be doing what we're doing. And so, you know, what is realistic for making money today? Um, you know, and if you're just starting out and you're like, yeah, I want to pursue that, you know, how do you do it? It seems to me there's a number of different avenues to do it. But but I guess to boil down the question is, is how do you make money build, uh, you doing know, craft, doing craft in a culture, in a culture that, doesn't that doesn't really care? I'm going to write that down just for later when I right, when you inevitably forget. forget that. And so um, so that that's kind of the question. What does that strike you as? So for me, if, if the scenario is the people around you don't respect what you're doing, or maybe they not respect isn't the right word, maybe they don't appreciate it, then the best thing to do would be to educate those people on why they should appreciate it or maybe why, you know, because ultimately making money is making a living. So, you know, we all get up and go to work and, you know, we all expect to be paid for the work that we do. So as a craftsman, a craftsperson, you know, if you're, if you find yourself in this world, that's like, well, I'm trying to push in this direction, but people don't want to pay for that. Like I see what these guys over here at, at Hole are doing. I'm telling my, my clients about that they just don't get it. Well, what do I do? Well, the problem is they just don't get it and they need to be educated on why beautifully crafted things are important. And that you can go down a whole list of stuff with that. I mean, one of the things that you're always speaking about is longevity. Like, why would I choose, you know, this over that option? Because this one, okay, let me explain it to you. So for you to educate them, you're going to have to be educated in it. And it's, it's going to be something you have to take seriously. One other thing, especially the day and age we're living in, you can showcase all your craft on social media. So take advantage of that. Like show people like, like I, I've had so many customers in this DFW area who were going to do like a Wayne Scott in their dining room or something. And they went to YouTube and said, how to do it. My video popped up and they said, oh, this guy's in DFW. I can, I'm seeing how he's doing it now. I could never do that. I'm going to call them. I've had countless people that have hired me from seeing my stuff out there. So if you're struggling, like 
man, people just don't understand what I can do. Are you showing them what you're capable of? Yeah. You know, because then they appreciate it. Well, I heard this one quote, this guy said, you can't really create more time. We all have the same 24 hour day, but what you can do is add more value to To your your time. time, So they saw me and they were like, man, I'm seeing what he's doing and how valuable it is. So when I give them a bid, hey, this room of Wayne Scott's going to be $3,000. They're like, well, I I see everything that went into it. I appreciate it. When can you start? So um, this quick question came from a uh, comment from one of my videos, uh, kid in Ontario, uh, who had said, you know, putting trim in and, you know, I'd love to do more trim like what you're doing. You know, how do I do that? And, and, you know, how do I educate my client? He goes, I'm finding myself having to go back to tile work because I keep doing the same thing over and over. It's just a one by four. It's just, it's just boring. Oh, no. And so it was just, you know, what does that person do? And I think you've touched on three or four of the real key things. You have to educate yourself, right? And educating yourself is a broad understanding of, of what's out there and what the opportunities are. You can't tell your client, hey, I want to do this until you've done that. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and you, you can't say, hey, this turn really turned out great until it's turned out great. And yeah. so, you know, th- there is a experience level that, you know, the, the downside of Instagram is you to say you see something, you go, yeah, I could do that. You never done it. And but mm-hmm. but but you look at it, and you go, it can't, that can't be too hard. And so it's almost a di- Are you saying that's a bad thing? Because it, part of me hears that and go, that's a good thing, right? That people it's see It's good and bad. It, it, I was contrasting that it's yeah. on one side, you know, being able to show what you've done is a good thing. Yeah. On the other side, there are people that look at that and go, yeah, well, yeah, I could do that and, and never mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, it, that makes sense. I, I would maybe push back on this a little bit and... I would say that that craft. That, so the question is, how do you make money in a culture uh, where craft doesn't matter? It's interesting because if we're talking craft in the form of uh, like crafting things and craftsmanship, does that apply to like the people on Etsy? Does that apply to all this, or does it apply specifically to home building and, and like the the trades and, and building, uh, buildsmanship, if you will, um, <laughs> or yeah. uh, does it apply to? anything that you're putting effort and time towards because if it if it's anything I, I don't think craft is truly lost I think there are areas where we have lost interest in craft and have started like putting favor towards other things because for as many chains of fast food restaurants that are in a town there are equally as many great restaurants that are you know serving high quality food in that town in the same way uh, there are a lot of production builders out there. There, there are a few that are doing great. Um, but when you look at consumer base, right, the, the amount of people that are pursuing those high quality foods, amount of people that are pursuing those high quality homes, that's a lot fewer because the fast foods, the production builders, they reach a lot more people, uh, than the other. And so, you know, I think there's a lie underlying in this question where I think craft exists. I think people care about craft, but there, there's a lie where it's like, I, I can't spend the amount of money to justify what I'm going to get out of this craft. Well, I think it's hidden too. Like you, you talk about the, these tacos that you like, mm-hmm. and I've never heard of that mm-hmm. place. What was the name again? Melly's Taqueria. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a taco how, truck. How many are it's there? tiny. It's there's a taco one. truck. Yeah. So it's a one specialty food place, mm-hmm. whereas McDonald's is like every corner. Totally. You know, they're, they're everywhere. So- I think a lot of the people, if you said, hey, 
you know, blind taste tests. Here's the, the, the Melly's taco place. Here's McDonald's. Like which one's better? Mm-hmm. I know it's not, they're not both burgers or whatever. Yeah. Let's say Taco Bell. But yeah. Yeah. Taco Bell. W- uh, what I'm saying is like, they're going to pick that place. Mm-hmm. Melly's. They, they know it's there. They just don't know it exists. Right. Cause I know I went like a, a huge part of my career. I would say a decade mm-hmm. without knowing even about the stuff that, that you guys are doing mm-hmm. like I, ju- I just didn't know i had yeah. no i didn't even know it existed it was like a whole nother world so when when presented with that people have a decision to make they can say like wow that's really cool or they can say eh, i'm fine with you know the mcdonald's yeah and i think there's a lot that plays into that you know but i think i think it's just hidden yeah. Like a, the, it's a hidden gem of the craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's, here's, I keep thinking about what I want people to understand and, and learn. I want to encourage the person out there who is uh, thinking about starting a business or this guy in Ontario who, who wanted to raise the bar in that, in that, in that, in his area. And how do you do that? Yeah. Um, you know, one, I, I think there's some clear steps. First of all, you've got to practice in a number of different, areas okay okay and and so let's just say you're starting out and and i don't want to chase this rabbit too far but let's just say you're starting out and it's friends and family first right you know hey joe's you know he's going to start doing carpentry you know how he's always been good at carpentry Mm -hmm. he's going to start that thing so friends and family say yeah well have him come build me a deck and i can fix the fence right and so he's he's corralled himself into a area of work that he's going to be doing decks and fences right Mm -hmm. um but how does he, you know, build a? He's going to have to step out of that arena. Yeah. He's going to have to go work for some home builders, and those home builders may be production builders to start. Yeah. And he's going to have to, in order to make money, he's going to have to be very fast, and he mm-hmm. and he's not going to have to worry. He's not going to be able to worry as much about how tight his joints are, but he's got to be fast. And then he gets tired of that world. He goes over to custom build world and he says, you know, these guys care more about quality. I get to put more moldings in, more trim in. They still care about speed, but I've learned speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and well, so you're, you're getting less reps that way, right? You're you're doing less, more, like in a production build house, you are cutting, you know, five thousand times a day versus a well, but custom por- one. You're- but the production one, you'd be doing less moldings, smaller moldings, you know, right, less. Right. And custom one, you conceivably doing more built up crowns and things like that. Right. My point is, is that I don't want the guy to be discouraged when he's still in the friends and family plan. Thinking, you know, mm-hmm. how do I how do I encourage craft? How do I build really great things? Mm. When you just haven't seen enough, you haven't done enough, you haven't you haven't experienced enough. The thing that I challenged you when we first met was, and I was pointing to Richard, why are you doing this? Why why mm-hmm. are you why are you working for these people and these customers and these things? And it was a challenge to get out of that world and come to our world, come to come to see to do stuff we're doing. Um, and I think it's made you a more happy craftsman sometimes we get stuck and Mm -hmm. i think one of the first challenges of making money in this thing is to not get stuck in a rut richard how was your magic carpet ride to the whole new world (laughs) that brent showed you when you don't see like the value in what you're doing it can actually become depressing and you said like stuck in a rut i feel like i was probably right there i feel like when we met it was kind of like a perfect storm yeah where i was honestly i was really close to just being like i kind of want to do something else Mm. like i i like have maxed this out it's kind of boring like it's i've kind of mastered this production side of it it's just like you know what what really more is there to do 
And then when I, when I came to that class, that first building and brew thing, I stepped into this exact room and I was like, Oh, there's a lot more to do. <laughs> I'm like looking at these paneled walls and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I was a big fish in a little pond. Yeah. You know, but it was cool because I realized I was a big fish in a little pond and it, it made me like want to jump to the next bigger body of water Yeah, where I'm not such a big fish, but there's a lot more growing to do, you know? So yeah, it definitely, um, it definitely like lit a fire in me when I'm, when I started seeing this stuff and from my position, I would say I was always pushing towards the direction of craft and I have my own business now for, uh, 12 years, 10 years. And as far as like making money as a craftsman, I was able to do it, yeah. you know, without doing super high quality things. It was just, um, the, I always saw that there was something better though. Yeah. Like even starting off, I, I remember looking at molding catalogs and being like, man, we're always putting this base in like, look at this base. And it's still like an MDF yeah. piece, but it's bigger. It just looked cooler. I've always had like an interest in the next thing. So I think a lot of people are in that position of that. That Was that one of your comments? Yeah. I mean, uh, I found that as well. Is, is that the, I remember the stair guy when we brought out a custom stair to one of his jobs and you know, he looked at all the parts that we brought out and he's like, what am I supposed to even do with this? <laughs> and he'd been, he'd been doing custom stairs or, you know, stairs for, for 10 years. And by the time we showed him and he put all those pieces together, he's like, I want to do another one. I, this yeah. is the greatest thing I've ever done. And, and, and adult puzzles. Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> it was breaking out of a rut that he was in that again, th th I want this to be an encouraging thing for craftsmen who are out there, like the guy in Ontario who was stuck in a rut like you that, you know, Maybe we're thinking about doing doing something else. That to me is a huge tragedy for our craft. The guys who hit a wall and go, you know, I've done it. I've kind of, I've kind of, and, and and what you've done is you've done your little circle of influence and you've kind of maybe rule there. You're the top dog there, mm -hmm. but you don't understand. I mean, yeah. the, one of the things that is that has grown my business and allowed us to. Uh, know as much as we know is we worked in the commercial and the res and the residential field working on commercial jobs has taught me so much about being a better builder schedules alone you know the way they run a job the way watching them manage people the way they watch them manage schedule watching them manage budget you learn so much stuff and then the different kinds of work that you do on a commercial building versus a residential building it's night and day so you have to jump i want people to to get out of their you know, the realm, this guy in Ontario, I would say, okay, you know, who are you working for now? Go talk to the uh, NHA, NAHB, National Association of Home Builders. Go talk to NARI, National Association of Remodelers. Go talk to architects. Say, hey, is there any work that you need? Go go expand your horizon. Go talk to designers. Hey, I'm really like to do this. I, I, you know, here's my book of things I've been doing, but I can do a lot more. And And look, you might have to take the first job or two and you might learn a lesson. You might not make as much money as you normally make or whatever else, but you will start expanding and growing that world and, and becoming better um, as you open yourself up to I more. I think a reminder there is just like anything, if you're starting out in something, if you are jumping ponds, right, you are restarting, oh, right? Yeah. You're, you are starting afresh. And so I know we've talked about this in episodes past, but when you are starting something, when you are beginning with something, it feels like 
oh, I'm not like good enough yet, or I'm not, and that can be discouraging in its own right. So to go from a state of discouragement, I'm not doing the things that I want to be doing, or that I want to be doing more than to a state of I'm doing even less now. It might feel that way, but I, I think there we've said, you know, one continue. of the things I've wanted to set up in this, in our, in this passion for craft in our, Patreon, in our discord, in our, yeah. pa- in our discord is some kind of metric Okay, that people can judge themselves against, right? So that you could, if if you were able to take a test, looking at Richard, um, and that test was a hundred questions, and you didn't, you realized you only knew the answer to twenty of them, and there is there is eighty questions that you didn't know, you'd have been like, wait, what? Yeah, like, be a like, shocking moment. Yeah, it, because like you said, I was a big fish in a little pond. Yeah. You had mastered that world, right? And so you nailed those 20 questions, but you didn't realize there's you know, 80 more that you had no idea what was going on. And not no idea, but, but you but yeah, I know you, what you mean, w- yeah. weren't experienced in. And so I, I feel like there's like, you know, if I was just going to start listing them off, and I think of Gary Katz, uh, Katz Roadshow, you know, uh, he's a great carpenter, a great teacher, um, and a good friend. You know, he tells me about how he started out doing apartments and it had having to be fast with apartments. And that was a piece of the, of the 20 questions, maybe it's 10 questions that, that he, if you look at that 100 questions being your resume, being, you know, getting towards being a master level that mm-hmm. you have to have answer all, be able to answer all those questions. That's certainly a piece of it, working mm-hmm. in apartments, working yeah. in high production, quick, got to get in, got to get out. Yeah. Efficiency. He learned how to be a better carpenter because he did that. Yeah. And so, you know, production is one thing. Um, you know, millwork is another thing. You know, you're, you've got that, uh, your garage with that new machine and, and, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and you becoming more of a shopsmith, right? You're yeah. becoming, you're, you're building doors now. You want to build a window. You're, you're starting to build millwork, mm. right? That's another, yeah. you know, 20 or 30 questions there of, you know, building those things and installing those things and understanding the nuances. And anyway, yeah. I, I would hope that there at, at some point could be a way that we could, you know, a guy could, could check in and do a test and kind of go, yeah, okay, this is the world of carpentry. This is the world of craftsmanship. And I'm only in this bit of it. And there's this much. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, to your point earlier too, is like when you jump ponds and you're, you're starting out fresh again and everything's like, you might feel like a little insufficient or whatever, but at the same time, uh, you also, it's exciting because you're like, you are like the windows thing. You yeah. Know? Like to me, that's, I've been like scratching my head thinking about this for a long time. Like, how am I actually going to do this? Like I've been staring at your display and stuff and I'm like, ah, this is a lot harder than it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's the reason why people just, you know, buy a window and throw it in mm-hmm. because it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's difficult if you don't know. And I, you know, you, you got to understand that if you're going to pass the test, that's mm-hmm. going to be part of it. Well, and that's the other thing. Like you, you said people kind of just give in and they go, well, I'm just going to buy a window. That, that's how we get to the, the state of craft that we're in in America today, right? Is we have people just go, Hey, I want to, I want to like build my own home. I want to do the DIY project. I want to, I want to put in my work and my sweat equity and they go out there and they go do it. And, uh, they're like, Oh, well, this is, this is a little harder than I anticipated. What's the easy way out? Well, let me just go to a home Depot. Oh, they have a a window that I just inset into my house. (laughs) Great. I'm going to go do that. You know? Um, and, 
And that's where we lose it because everyone wants to do it themselves. And then when they do it, they want to take the easier way out, not recognizing that there is a craft behind this and there is a, you know. Well, it brings up a good point in relation to what we're talking about of like making money as a craftsman. You'll have people probably say this too, like, well, my clients, they know they can get a window for X amount of dollars. Why are they going to buy a hundred year window? You know, like you probably not clients. I mean, comments that say that, you know, like how much is that window? Oh, it's this amount. Well, these people would never buy that. It's like, well, you, you don't know. You Mm -hmm. haven't educated them in your craft when, when they see it, the functionality of it, the beauty of it everything that went into it, the joints. And that's why I think that if, if you're going to make money as a modern day craftsman, people have been beat over the head with HGTV and quick and fast and easy. So you kind of have to like teach that out of them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. That's a great point. So you, you got to say like, look, this isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, fixer upper. Let me tell you how this is is really made. Let me tell you, let me show you what all goes into it. Right. You're educating them. There's a TV show that, they did about you. Um, and I was a PA for it, but it was, it was very funny because there were, there were rooms. And I think we've talked about it on the show Bones before. for restoration history channel. Yeah. It, it was, uh, it was unfinished. There was like an unfinished room where it was like, you know, this project took all season for the, something to happen and, and they just doctored it at the end. I mean, you, they were filming and I just vividly remember the paint is undry and you know, you're smelling fresh paint in a room that is like half done. And they're like, well, we'll just get a pan shot from here to here and we'll, we'll hide the rest of that. And you're like, looking at frames behind you and you're looking at a plastered wall in front of you. Do you remember some of those days? I mean, like, yeah, it's, it was, it was discouraging. Um, because I, I felt like you do such a true craft process where, you know, they, they came to us they were like, all right, so the deadline that you got here is six weeks. How fast do you think you can do this? It's like, you know, restoring a train or building a boat. And, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was bananas. And, it, it felt ingenuine to me just knowing the the kind of guy that he is where he's like, uh-uh, we're not buying the cheapo stuff. We're not buying the knockoff product. We're buying the thing that has been crafted. We're getting the thing that is good and, you know, has craftsman morals behind it, I guess. And mm-hmm. and then we're in the show. It was a very cheap experience. It was a very... Oh. Uh, lie of you know everything (laughs) i mean is that fair to say i don't want to blast the show but there were moments where things were were like well i almost feel like we need to do a whole episode on reality tv yeah because uh because of my experience and because of the things that we heard and learned and everything else it's uh and the things we see on hgtv yeah there's a lot of lies out there and the big stars are not you know, master craftsmen. Mm-hmm. And so, which I'm not saying they have to be, I'm just saying that, that uh, to your point that, that, that the clients, we need to have them unlearn some of these things. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're the experts. They like they are, in today's right, right, world, they're sure. looked oh, yeah. upon as the experts. Yes. Yes. Whereas there are people like you and you who they don't know. Exist. Well, I mean, the other thing I was going to say is, is that um, the, we were talking about what kind of business do you build? Yeah. People also, I want also people to realize that, uh, you are who you are. Okay. In other words, um, you know, you might say to yourself in, you know, let, let's say, uh, two years ago, uh, you looked at yourself and, and you said, you know, what do people say about me? You know, where do I stand? What kind of metrics are there for me to, to know whether I'm good or bad or anything else? 
I mean, you can look at your body of work and, you know, know kind of where you stand. Now, it typically mm -hmm. takes someone from the outside looking in, looking at that. But I'll often, I'll often talk to people about their marketing and the way they're going to sell their business, the way they're going to, the stories they're going to tell. And they oftentimes don't line up with who that who that person really is yeah. and, and what the kind of work they're really doing. And so you end up pigeonholing yourself and, and pointing to Richard again, you ended up pigeonholing yourself into that world where you were working for homeowners, you were b building and painting, installing, you know, those were turnkey jobs. I mean, that was a weird little niche. And I was it's so amazed. Really I was weird. so amazed that you had had built such a business doing that. I was like, you did what? I really <laughs> yeah. was shocked. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Can you speak to what you did a little bit just to fill me in? Because this seems cool. <laughs> yeah, so what I would do is I would basically have uh, someone say, hey, we want to do this thing. And they would show me a picture of something. Or we want to, the builder did this crown in this area, but they didn't do it over here. Can you finish it out? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we would come in. They would show us a picture of Pinterest, make us this accent wall. We've done tons of those. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we would come in and do it turnkey. So I'd buy the materials, do all the installation, do all the prepping, all the painting, touch-ups. Like, you, we walk out. It looks like it's always been there. Got it. So, you know, I'm making these videos showing all this stuff. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just like doing what I do. The yeah. guy that I worked for before did the same thing. So that's kind of all I ever knew. He Is didn't this work. the nail filler guy? Yeah, the guy that hired yeah. me to do the nail filling. Um, they were turnkey too. So I was like, I mean, I guess that's what we do. I, yeah. I didn't know there was like just carpenters. Like, what I is, know that sounds what crazy. What does turnkey mean? What, what does that mean? Turnkey is like... You like usually, start to finish. You yeah. do everything. Like cool. usually, like you don't have to call anybody else. He does everything. Yeah, and like a lot, like what we do for Brent's company now is we just do carpentry. Yeah, and the painters paint it. But you didn't so, know carpenters existed. No, didn't. I didn't know that. Like you weren't supposed to paint. Yeah, like, people were telling me in the comments a lot, like put the brush down. Like, yeah, like, why? I don't get it. You know, that is so interesting. Really weird. Yeah, it's a really so weird. It, place. So it, it's a weird. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a weird place, and and it was a uh, homeowner only. You know, he never worked for builders. Um, you know, that turnkey piece of it, and the projects he was doing. Right, and it's just like as as I was looking at him, going, I didn't even know that world existed. Right, <laughs> right. And, and I didn't know you were. Yeah, in your isn't, world. That, isn't that fascinating? That is that, weird. That, yeah. that I was looking at Richard, going, okay, uh, stop. Okay, <laughs> and so I saw the value that you know I didn't. When we first started talking, I didn't know he was going to come work for us and right. start, start, start doing stuff. And so it ended up working out great. Um, and, and so I wasn't telling him, you got to quit doing that because... You were looking. Yeah, because I was looking for something. I was just he saying... He headhunting me. Yeah, no, he, he was. He <laughs> I, was I was just like... Longtime subscriber. He, I could tell that he was passionate, right? I could I'd tell that he cared and that he wanted to do it right. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to help him get there. And so my thing was... You got to go talk to builders. Yeah, Didn't I you give get, you the, oh, yeah, you a long you, list I, of builders. I've and, talked to a couple of them. Bettis was one of them. Yeah. Bill, I've talked to Bill and like I've done a couple of things for him even. And like yeah. it was just a whole different experience. My first experience was working with you guys. But yeah, I was just like, this so, is cool. So, I but I was, also <laughs> I was also telling him he could make more money too. I really do. I mean, I like painting. Like, yeah. like I, I do like being that's able. That's not the favorite part. Well, it's, it's back to like being a competent like on the way to a master like yeah. i like the fact that i can talk finishes guy wants to talk paint 
I can I can hold a conversation. Mm-hmm. I can talk primers. I can talk Sanders. Yeah. Like I'm I'm into it. But um, it is nice to just focus on the carpentry and let those guys do that yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you were telling me, you know, you're like, how much are you charging? I say X amount. Mm-hmm. He's like, like you're you you're doing? cheating yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be charging X amount. You know, like. You, or at least try to charge X amount. Mm-hmm. And if you have a guy working for you, that's worth X amount. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? Like, yeah. this is crazy. And so I was logistically running jobs, installing, painting stuff. And I was not like making nearly as much as I should have. I was yeah. just doing like for me, I was just happy to be like, cool, I have a business. Totally. Like, you know, I, I didn't want to lose the jobs. I came from like a scarcity yeah. mentality. And I was just like, I just want the jobs. Like, yeah. I don't care. As long as I'm making money a little bit, I'm fine. And this is something that's so funny, uh, but I think is a, a common trend among entrepreneurs in general. So we're talking about, you know, how do you make money in a culture? Know your worth, uh, know your value. Um, and I think that lesson can only come from people who have previously not known their worth. Uh, cause I mean, <laughs> I'm hearing this about you, Richard, for yeah. the first time I've known this about you where you've been, well, you know, I should probably charge this much. It's like, ah, you're probably worth this much, you know? And so, uh, it, it's an interesting cycle, right? Where it's like, and, and, and I don't, and I don't think it's a, I think there has to be an initial know what you're worth so you can make money. Yeah. But there's also, even at my stage right now where I'm doing a lot of consulting, I still don't know what, what exactly I'm worth. Yeah. Right. I still, it's always a question you're going to be answering yourself, asking yourself. So it's an ongoing thing where you're going, yeah. am I charging enough? Is, it, it, is this, is this a value? And it is a question of reflection too. Like you've got to look back on the body of work that you've done and the body of work that you have been a part of and go, I learned actually a lot in doing that. And now I am a better hire because of X, you know, old thing. And, well, uh, I mean, power, you know, information is, is power. Knowledge, knowledge is power. The, the time is money. Uh, the, um, but one of my other kind of keys for this, for this, you know, session is find a mentor, mm. you know, find someone who, uh, is older than you, who's been down the road, who you're friends with, who's in the same industry, who, who you can ask and, Hey, tell me what, tell me what you think, you know, kind of give me a critique of what's going on that that's always healthy at every level for me, for, you know, for you, for, for anybody to, to find someone who can take you under his wing. There was a guy, Tom Clark, rest in peace. Loved that man. Um, he was the guy when I came back to Texas from Boston that took me under his wing and got me hooked up in a bunch of preservation jobs, commercial preservation jobs, the Great Vine Depot, then the Bed- Old Bedford School, New- uh, Hill County Courthouse. The Old Bedford School, I had a knockdown drag out with the contractor uh, about trim and they were trying to pressure me to do more stuff than I'd written into my contract. And I remember being on the phone with Tom, uh, you know, four or five times. Brent, do not give in. And he knew me. I'm kind of, I just wanted people to get along, right? I just, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a nice guy. I just, I don't want to be rude. I don't want, I don't like conflict necessarily. And on top of that, he wants, you care about the millwork. <laughs> and, so, and so he's like, right? and so, I just wanted to be good. I, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to finish the job. And yeah. so, you know, what Tom was saying is like, those efforts, you know, you, you don't, you don't do that. You do, you do, and don't you dare Brent Hall. Don't you dare stop, you know, d- d- cave to these guys. And I remember it coming into a meeting where, um, he, he knew he was counseling me and it came to a meeting with the president of their company. And, you know, it came down to a, you know, what are you going to do? 
And I, and I, Tom told me this, he goes, he goes, you're going to sell it. I guess I'll see you in court. And I, I was like, I guess we'll see you in court. And the guy <laughs> looked at me and he settled and he, and he, he, he stood to my grant and yeah. to, to the, to the contract, to, to the contract and, and quit pressure me. And, and we went on down the road. Nice. And one thing I learned is that the, the commercial world is completely different than the residential world. There was not a, uh, it was not personal at all for this guy because as soon as he said, okay, we got to figure out, hey, yeah, appreciate you doing it. Thanks for all you're doing here. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like I thought he was going to, you know, take me out back and, you know, his gorillas are going to beat me up. <laughs> and, and in fact, what he said was like, okay, is this behind us? Yeah, are we good? Okay, good. Yeah, okay, well, so uh, I love the work that you're doing here. I'm really thankful. And, and that was the way the conversation <laughs> ended. So having someone who can, who can be in your court, who's got more experience, who can help you through that, is is part of this, you know, building your resume, building you know a a, a board of directors, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better word, yeah. who can kind of help you, you know, m- yeah. walk through that minefield. Someone's gonna hear this story and they're gonna say, I, "I'll see you in court," and they're gonna go to court. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be staring down the barrel of sixty. This is not an endorsement. Dude. <laughs> this is not financial advice. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I think that is that is great advice. I had a mentor tell me uh, a long time ago: um, if you had the option, or if you had to choose between community and mentorship, you should take the mentorship ten times what out that, of ten. What does that mean? If you had to pick between having friends or having a mentor. Um, you don't, and he was very clear in saying, you do not have to make this choice, but if you did have to make the choice between having friends or having a mentor, your schedule is so busy that all you've got time for is spending time with a mentor. Take the mentor 10 times out of 10, um, and <clears throat> he would go on to say just, that's that was him saying how valuable mentorship is, but then on top of that, um, he said, get three. Get three mentors, uh, each a generation apart from each other, each ten years apart from each other, um, so far as you can, and uh, when and get someone that you're mentoring. And uh, I always thought it was just like such okay, yeah, sure, information like you know, get a mentor, find a mentor, find a mentor. and uh, man, first time I got a mentor, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> it is, it's such a cool thing well, to have. Young guys who, need to realize that old guys like me actually know stuff well no have gotten to the (laughs) point in our career (laughs) have gotten to the point in our career where you know we're we've seen a lot we've done a lot and we just want to help people at this point it's not about ego anymore it's not about you know proving anything to anybody you know it's just i've i've learned a lot and and if i had some humble kid come up to me and said could you help me out like of course you would do that. And, and so it, it's just, I, I'm saying that because if you're, if you're listening and you're a younger guy and you're like, well, where would I even find someone like that, you know, in your church or, or, or through your school or, or wherever it is, but there are people out there that um, can and are willing to help you. Um, I know that there's even one through the, uh, there's a local government group that has a, a mentor program for small businesses. So, I mean, there's a lot of them out there if you look for them. Mm-hmm. And even on jobs, like I'll be yeah, on for jobs sure. for sure. And, uh, there's other carpenters on site, the older guys, I mm-hmm. see them doing stuff and I'm like, I just go up to them and I'm like, Hey, yeah. what, what is that? I've never seen that before. Never have they been like, Oh, well, this is a secret. You know? Yeah. <laughs> This is a this is a trade secret. It's actually top yeah. secret. So, it's, it, unless you're a magician, yeah. They, sorry, uh, no. The and those same guys I've had conversations with, and they have said 
like I kind of tell them about the world I come what we just talked about like that production side and they're oh, like I've talked to several and they're like I'll never do that again mm-hmm. like if I can't think and use my mind forget about it like I've had like two guys in particular who've almost said the they don't know each other mm-hmm. one's in Dallas one's in Fort Worth they said the exact same way I was feeling they're like if I can't use my brain on stuff mm-hmm. like I, I don't even want to mess with it mm-hmm. because it just becomes so monotonous and like yeah, it's I think that I think that's a great insight to the path of the craftsmanship mm-hmm. because in that early stage of your career, you want to be able to perform those tasks and do those things and build those things, but you get tired and when you flip over to the other side where you've got the skills and now you're just using your brain to take those skills and do more yeah. things, you're loving life, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I think those guys maybe are so adamant about saying, you know, never yeah, yeah. going back. And you, and that's very true. You need that first part of it because then you build these skills where like, like when you first start measuring something, you stretch a tape out, mark it, like you're, and you go to make a cut on miter saw, you're kind of like, hmm, like, where is this actually going to hit? Mm-hmm. Like to us now, that's just like, this is second nature. Like yeah. I know, okay, my pencil's here, blade's going here, boom, 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 measured this, you know, like the whole first part of my career was like dialing that in. Mm-hmm. All right, now that I got this, this weapon of skill. Yeah. What can I shoot with it? You know, mm-hmm. what can I attack with it? Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, and, and it, and it speaks to, uh, the, the path of the craftsman, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is the path of craftsmanship. And, and, and if you find yourself on that road and you're just doing the same thing over and over again, repetitively, um, you, you possibly are bored. You possibly are disenchanted. You possibly are, you know, frustrated by, you know, the pace of things. Yeah. And, you know, there are, worlds out there that you can actually use your brain and and build crazy stuff. Right. I I would say, and I don't know if this is right because um, I haven't done it for as long as you guys, but but correct me if I'm wrong. Whenever you get to a point where you stop looking back at the thing that you've built and go, wow, I just built that. You you probably can do an evaluation of whether or not you should be doing the same thing because... I look at everything that I build right now, like the the benches, you know, I built these horrible benches with the storage underneath, if you don't know about it. Um, I actually cut it super wrong with a table saw, or with, no, with a circular. circular saw, broke down on me middle of the way through. Basically, I needed to shave an inch off. <laughs> I, tried, <laughs> I tried sanding the inch off of the, the thing. I should have used a hand plane. <laughs> uh, it took me hours. How are your did lungs you, doing? Did you, <laughs> did you really well, sand MDF. for an hour to get to the well, inch? Well, it was MDF. Uh, I, I mean, I, sh- I, I thought that was the tool for the job. I thought... If only you knew someone. That- <laughs> if only I had asked him. And, well, and the funny thing is, I, I was talking to my dad through the whole process of like... He didn't know, tell I, me that story. I went to Home Depot. <laughs> I bought the wood. I was like, oh, this wood is horribly warped. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, well, yeah, wood gets warped sometimes. And, uh, but he's like, you know, find the straight pieces, do what you can with it, figured it out. I made it straight. It's level. It's great. Um, but the, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I look back at that bench and I think, hey, I built that. Like, that's cool. It's, it's good. Um, I don't look at it as a, it's a masterpiece, but I'm proud of what I've built. And I know there are things that I can be working on that I can improve this time. But if I go build 80 of those, I mean, 
I'm changing oh, yeah. everything about what I'm going to do, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have the right tools. I'm going to a lumber yard. I'm there. There's a lot of differences that I'm going to do and what I do next time. But if I've been doing a bunch over and over and over again, there is going to reach a point where I go, yep, I've got it perfect. I'm not dialing things in anymore. Yeah, I'm bored with it. And I think that's the point where I go explore. I'm, not, I'm no longer a bench maker only. Maybe I'm, you know, adding engravings, adding, you know, doing sure. different things that makes raises the quality of craft. Well, I like that you said that you when you stand back and look at something, if you're not like happy about it anymore, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to to find something else. And that mm-hmm. I mean, not a, a new career, but a new path. Yeah, you know? or just figure out how to up your game, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about I'm thinking about the 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 carpenters and craftsmen out there, okay? They're in your world that that you were in. What are what are some other paths you could have taken or could have jumped to? Yeah. Or or so one other path I could have taken was stay in that world and realize like you're not ever going to really do anything cool or exciting. It's just going to be the same repetitive stuff, but you can bring on more guys, buy some vans, and then you can make money that way. So if we're talking about making money, yeah, there's an opportunity there to, you know, make make a profit in that. I know trim, I, I've met trim guys on at some of those houses like we'd be do like what we do where we go and do these upgrades to these houses. What I used to do, it's in new construction neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like people will be like, "Hey, we just had this house built. They didn't do what we wanted, yeah, <laughs> and uh, we want to do this now." Yeah. So while I'm out there working, there's other trim guys driving up and down the street. Right. Some of them would stop and see, like, "Hey, I saw your videos. Like it was pretty cool." Yeah. But yeah, those guys in those positions. You know, if I know what they're doing Mm because I was right there with them, they're doing the same base, same casing, same doors. Like if they're tired of that, like they just need to realize there's another world. But the world that they're in, their boss above them has 10 vans and he's got all these guys running around doing basic tasks and their boss is making good money. So if we're talking about making money, that is a route. But on top of that, like if I know we talked about it previously, like whether or not you are more inclined to, you know, the homework route or the hands-on route, you know, that upgrade, that change for you, Richard, to go from being the guy installing to the guy overseeing the vans of guys going and installing, that's a change in, it still is a a pond hop, right? You're Mm -hmm. moving from the boots on the ground doing that work to now doing administrative work, organizing, making calls and and figuring Mm -hmm. out where each scheduled van is going to go. And so it is a hop. It's just in a different direction, you know, so... It's not a craft hop, is it? But it's a business skill hop. Yeah. Yeah. So I think is that what you're asking? Like, what other ways I could have went? That yeah, was I, I'm one. I'm just curious if you saw other avenues for yourself that you could have done. And that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I didn't know whether you looked at the commercial world and thought I could do something there. I didn't know if you looked at, uh, you know, I, I talked to you about product or working for builders. Um, you know, I just didn't know. That was it. That it was. I never looked at commercial. Um, have I even done a commercial? I don't think I've ever even done a commercial job. Um, You're not missing anything. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I looked at, I could just keep doing what I'm doing. I looked at the thing I just talked about, about hiring more people. And then I also looked at working for builders, which I had worked for like one or two builders 
uh, before coming on with you guys. Well, and, and when very... I was telling you to do that, I, I was I was trying to be very careful because builders can be snakes, okay? And and production builders especially can be really difficult. Um, and so because all they care about is price. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's just... I already they, know what I would do. They can hammer you and they, yeah. and they can yell at you and they're... And they're, they're they don't care, right? And so it, you put all this work in, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, well, I don't have your payment." And I'm like, "Well, I'll be over there in the morning with the pry bar. I need all my stuff back." Yeah, I'll yeah. see you in court. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, and kidding. so that's why I was giving you the names of those builders because yeah. I was just like, "I want you to work for honest guys. I want you to work for guys who will pay for it. You know, who won't gonna you know leave you high and dry." And so, mm-hmm. anyway. Well, and one thing I just want to speak to in in this process, I know we're talking about finding mentors. We're talking about finding fellow builders and just making those hops. One of my desires, and I'm a dreamer, so uh, forgive me if this sounds big, but um, when you join in with the Patreon, when you join in in our Discord server, we want to provide an opportunity for connections across, um, you know, the platforms that Richard's built, the platforms that Brent's built, uh, and not not just between the two, but just people in the industry as a whole. We want to have um, the Discord just to be a place where people can come in and uh, meet other like-minded builders who have this passion for craft, which is what we keep talking about, because that's an important thing. It's it's a it's a valuable thing in our world that we are seeing that all three of us have seen that we are losing um, in the building world, especially. But I mean, it trends over into other areas as well. And there's obviously the standalone, the the shine stars out there maybe, like, maybe there should be a mentor t- tag in there uh, trying to find a mentorship and so i thought that's where you're going with that yeah, yeah. I, I happily but uh definitely that that is i mean if you're sitting here and you're listening on youtube we really appreciate the viewership but just know we're trying to provide more we're trying to provide more than just a, you know a podcast we want to provide a community and that that is found on the discord which is through the patreon so does that make sense like if i laid out that thing making money what kind of business do you build i'm talking my my things are like don't get stuck in a rut find a mentor you know how do you get out of those 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 traffic jams you're in and 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 start building better in a culture because there are people that care about craft i think the last thing i would say on this topic is that the the last piece of that is find a patron and a patron is not necessarily um some rich person who's got a you know bottomless you know checkbook um but someone like I, I had a client very early on in my career who hired me to, to fix up their house and I was doing screen repairs. I was doing things that just needed to be done on a great historic house and they didn't have a lot of money, but they were patrons because they were passionate about me and passionate about that, that I loved their house and that they, that they, that there was a kindred spirit in that way. And they wanted mm-hmm. to help me any way they could. They were telling their friends about me. And so I didn't, it wasn't a, you know, I probably did, you know, $15,000 worth of work at their house uh, over a, you know, six month period. So, it, you know, you don't make a career with those people, but they were patrons still and they were, they were helping me out. So the third piece of this thing would be find a patron, right? Find a mentor, find a patron, don't get stuck in a rut because you can, you know, grow as, grow as a, you know, craftsman and, and expand your universe and, mm-hmm. get better. So answering the question for you, Brent, you've got three things. Can you walk us through them one more time? Don't get stuck in a rut. Okay, don't get stuck in a rut. When it's time to hop ponds, you figure that out, and, and it's time to go. Yes, and um, and so you know, if you're at the point in your career where you're where you're like, I really need to go try something else, mm-hmm. or or you know, I'm bored, or you're starting to get in arguments with it with with things that are going on. When you stop saying wow at the things you built. 
Thank you. Um, you know, you're ready to, you're ready, you're in a rut mm -hmm. and you need to get out. And, and trust me, Richard didn't know he was in a rut until he got out of it and goes, yeah, I was really in a rut. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it takes someone from the outside looking at you going, what, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and you're like, wait, what am I? So oh, that leads into step two, which is it's two, two, two and three are the same. One's find a mentor in the in the business world that you're living in, and and can potentially help a you. person who can say you're in a rut. Yeah, potentially someone who can also say here's a job you should be trying, mm -hmm. right? And then that other thing is that finding that patron who sees your passion, sees your skill, and wants to help you out. And you can ask those people, you can ask those patrons, those clients. You are being vulnerable, but you're saying, "Hey, will you will you critique me? Will you tell me, you know, how I can get better? What 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 am I doing? What do you like? You know, why are you hiring me? Why are you being nice to me? You know, what's going on here so that you can understand how you fit in the market?" And and what those opportunities are. Well, that's awesome. And then Richard, you kind of front loaded this uh, question as a whole with, with, I feel like a really great laid out answer. And so um, as you see this, how would you answer this question? So the question being like how to make money as a craft. Yeah. How do you make money in a culture that, where craft doesn't matter? I think, yeah, like what I said in the beginning, the education part of it, and you, you really told me this, like, like going back to when we first met, like, why are you doing these things? Like, these, you know, you need to, you need to educate the client. Whereas I always came at it from a perspective of like, well, they know what they want. Just mm. tell me and I'll do it. You know, <laughs> and like, that's not really the case. They only know what they've seen. Correct. Like they don't really know what's available. That's exactly right. Yeah. So like for me to go in, like then another friend of mine told me, we were talking about pricing and I was like, he's like, well, you know, he didn't ask me any numbers specifically. He was like, how busy are you? I'm like, so busy. He's like, how many, what percentage of the quotes that you give say yes? Like you give them a bid, thousand dollars, whatever it is. And they say, yeah, we'll do it. I was like, probably like 99%. He's like, that's really bad. I'm like, bad. And he's like, you need to have people saying no to your prices, you know, because you're, you're cheap. You're too mm -hmm. low. And I was like, but I want to get the job. <laughs> like, I don't want to lose this, this client or whatever, yeah. you know, but he's like, no, no, just, just try it out. So I did try it out. I, I tried to started pricing jobs higher and they started not accepting it. Yeah. But I, I had this one Wayne Scott job. It was like something I would have normally charged like 3,500 for. Uh -huh. I was like, I don't know. It's, is it worth anymore? So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to double it. I sent it for 7,000 and they were like, when can you start? And I was like, <laughs> oh, uh, right now? No, that's, like a that's like a movie no. moment, right? Yeah, like I was just you like, double your price and then you get it. That is so cool. Yeah, and I was just like, what? Well, I mean, you could also be kicking yourself at that point. You know, how much money have I left on the table, yeah. right? Oh, I know. You're just yeah. like, gosh, all this time I've been sitting there, you know, I haven't been charging enough. Mm. Yeah, and in that specific client, she was one that... I did exactly what you said. I would like walk, she wanted to do a wainscot in the dining room and I was like talking to her about balance and in proportion of things. And like, it, it was just cool. Like I knew, like I used to just be like the trim kid who just said, oh, what do you want to do? Okay, I'll do it. Now I'm almost like, when I go into these places, I have authority, Yeah. you know, like, hey, this is how this can be it could be this way too but here's why you'd want to like, i would argue um, you got double the money because you were the authority right you right. weren't the trim kid yeah exactly like i just presented myself in a whole new way which yeah. opened up uh doors for me that were previously shut 
And the other thing is what I said in the beginning too, people want to see what you do. You know, the, the old school way is having a portfolio you carry around, yeah. but now that's like Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. And, and I would say even a real portfolio would be impressive because people we're all staring at our phones all day. It's like, uh, what's another picture? You know, if you come with some, like maybe even an iPad like this, yeah. show them like a big screen or like a, like a actual nicely made binder pictures. Yeah. Like, and I do that. I show people like, so this is really cool. What we did here. I have an advantage too. Cause I'll sh- send them a video and be yeah. like, look, we did this mm-hmm. and they're seeing it like, wow, that they, like, well, yeah, like this mm-hmm. is awesome. That's just me making myself more valuable. Right. You know, I'm, I'm no different than the guy who doesn't have a YouTube channel. But the thing is people can watch me physically do it, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's where I'm kind of making myself a little bit more, um, yeah. out there. But I will say this, um, the one thing I miss about working for those homeowners is, uh, the AC, <laughs> the, <laughs> the bathroom was a bathroom, not a porta potty. Uh-huh. And they did buy us uh, food and tip us and stuff. Uh-huh. But that, those days are gone. Totally. But no, I'm just kidding. No, there. <laughs> hey, the perks of the job, man. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Uh, yeah. And and one, I guess the last thing would be actually, wherever you are at in this process, don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're still in the small pond, like you know, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I'm. Uh, it's it's a process. Mm-hmm. You got to develop the skills and the experience mm-hmm. and find the mentors. And then you'll know like when it's time to take the next step. Yeah. And I would love you guys to counter me on this if this is not true. But I would even say if uh, you are in that small pond and you've been in that small pond for 10 years and you're like, man, I'm still stepping back from the work that I'm doing and saying, wow, th- this is awesome. Um then stay there, enjoy it. Know that you, you might be able to grow if you're doing things fast and you're moving well, but if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're, you are getting fairly compensated for it, like that's awesome. Enjoy your specialization. There, there are many artists out there that are specialized in one thing that aren't, you know, not everybody has to do the same thing. Exactly. Do you guys agree with that? I do agree with that. I remember reading a book about Sam Maloof, who's a furniture chair maker, very famous in California. Yeah. And he was building the same rocking chair over and over again for like 30 years. And he was so zen about it. He was just like, you know, every chair tells me a different story. Every piece of wood tells me a different <laughs> mm-hmm. story. Every Now, he was building a very complicated chair. and It was the skill level was really high. But I remember reading that book going, he built the same damn chair for 30 <laughs> years. It's like I, got, I would have shot myself, right? Was could, it a certain type of wood that he was using that had some, he used different some psychedelic woods quality? Stuff, yeah. right? Sorry. Um, yeah, it, it was it – was, Those chairs are beautiful, by the way. They, they are. are beautiful. So uh, I'm only saying that because I agree. I think yeah. if you're doing something that, that you you know can still find value in day in, day out, there's no reason to change. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think that's the majority of carpenters out there, though. Yeah. I think we all, I think the general consensus is that we see a higher calling mm-hmm. and we're all like, most of us are reaching for it. Yeah. Well, that, that was, I think that was a really well answered question. I think you guys both um, just made it really clear um, how to make money in a culture that doesn't care about craft. And it looks like a lot of it is education on the front end of, of educating people and sharing why. But um I do want to ask because mentors were brought up as just kind of like a final closing question. Um, don't have to elaborate on it too much, but would, would definitely be curious to hear um, who are some of the uh, ideal craftsmen that you guys look up to, um, maybe dead and alive. So giving you kind of have two crafts, 
craftsman to look at, um, to look up to, um, from a live standpoint, as well as from a, a dead standpoint. Um, cause I know there's, I know you'll pull out some old timey name from the Asher Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some master builders from the past that, that were my model yeah. for building Asher Benjamin, William Buckland, Samuel McIntyre, um, you know, all, you know, pre 1820 builders who built crafted designed um and did it all and and were very proficient at it and they're writing books about it they were the abner buckners of of a of an earlier generation today craftsman i admire i mean david white at our shop i think is a master craftsman i think he's great uh there's a guy i learned from um he wasn't necessarily a great craftsman but he was a great well he was a great craftsman um He's not alive anymore. I'm, okay. I'm so old that all the people <laughs> I admired are dead. Hey, that's great. And so uh, Kenny Hayes, who was my one of my first employees, um, taught me how to be uh, efficient, taught me how to think about work, taught me how to uh, appreciate craft. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he wasn't a necessarily a great craftsman, but his approach to work was, you know, getting tools ready in the morning, thinking about the tools he was going to need the next day, being you know, you know, uh, proactive instead of reactive yeah. and to design and, and it's just cleanliness and the way, the way he took care of his tools. It was just cool. It was really cool. Thanks Richard. So, uh, I don't really know any old guys like that, but, it's all um, good. And that was, that was partly for him. For yeah. The question. I thought I'd like to hear some alive peeps. Yeah. So obviously Brent was, is an inspiration and a mentor, um, some of the craftsmen that I, I look at are guys from the shop as mm-hmm. well. Like I've been on a couple tours of the shop and yeah. I just see them and it's really inspiring to, uh, to see what they can put together. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really have any names specifically. Yeah. I, I just, I kind of look at the guys doing stuff on jobs and, mm-hmm. and look at those and say like, just that I'm inspired by it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I guess Brent. It's great. He's still alive. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Barely. No, Barely. Uh, I, uh, I think one of the guys I look up to uh, alive, obviously Brent, but I don't want to take the cop-out answer, right? No, just kidding. Uh, but Vossel, I, I think, is a, a craftsman that I look at who's alive, oh, yeah. uh, who is just a freak of nature. And um, <laughs> I, I mean that in the best of ways. I, I know translation errors might occur if he's you know, trying to listen to this in Ukrainian, but I mean, he's a beautiful craftsman. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's so funny, but <laughs> he's <listening> to <laughs> he's yeah, if he's trying to, this guy's a freak of nature. Yeah, no, that would not be a, no, but it, I mean, it positively, he is, um, I God, forgot he, about him. That's a good answer. He has carved some yes. master works that are really, really cool. Um, who's that one production builder that I really liked at? Um, no, I'm kidding. There, that's, uh, Obviously not any production builders. And then in the, the olden days, um, I don't know any dead guys either. So, Oh, one I do actually forgot to mention. Brant already mentioned him too earlier. Gary Katz. Gary Katz. Yeah, Gary Katz. He made a lot of – he's like the original video guy for how to make how-to videos. Oh, on awesome. Trim. I forgot about him even though you just mentioned him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a great teacher. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Yeah. yeah. He's good. That's really cool. Well, sweet, guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, Again, I know we mentioned it earlier, but our our 
<clears throat> this experience is catered for the Patreon. We love that you're listening on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If that's where you consume your content, that's amazing. And uh, feel free to enjoy the free stuff. We, we want to put this out there because we have a passion for craft and we want people to hear about it. Um, but we are, we are catering an experience for you guys on Patreon. And uh, a lot of that experience is the community uh, that we're hoping to foster there and already are fostering there. And so um, would love to hear feedback from you guys there. That's kind of the first place we look for questions and uh, for interaction with these guys, these masters of the craft and um, really just uh, appreciate you guys listening in. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.